0: Every night at a quarter to nine the Irish mail leaves platform 13 in Euston station leaves behind it the evening roar of London underground the trains are worming below the city in their metal tubes feet hurry from station to station the streets are alive with voices and with noise London on a summer evening
1: Great Star Polo! All the winners cricket scores! The taxi. What sir? The Irish Mail, please. Uh,
2: 845, New Switch.
1: Fine, that's right, thank you.
2: I guess this was the only disengaged taxi in London lucky to get it well at least I've gotten started now ticket yes camera reservation yes large case yes small case yes camera camera just a minute stop will you be just a minute I want to go back Oh no no sorry <laughs> thought I'd forgotten something. I packed my camera in my small case. Hmm, That's what comes of packing in a hurry. I packed in a hurry. I got a taxi in a hurry. Everything around me seems to be in a hurry. I suppose every city has its own special kind of noise. But that's all it adds up to in the end. Just noise. I'm glad to be getting away from it. When I reach Ireland, I'm going to get myself somewhere and do nothing, absolutely nothing. I'm going to do nothing so passionately that in the end I'll have to do something to give myself a rest from idleness.
0: Apparently he got ready to travel in a hurry, like many of us, but there was nothing hurried in the preparation of the coaches of the Irish mail at the Wimbledon carriage sidings. Slowly moving along the tracks, each coach was sprayed with a weak acid solution to loosen the grime, and ten minutes later they were being drawn through the flails. These flails are four rotating spindles, two on each side of the track. As they whirl round, strips of blanket cloth fly out and flail the dirt off the steel coaches. That's the sound you're hearing now from inside a coach. After it has been loosened by acid and then sprayed with water. Various nationalities are employed in various capacities on the railway, and there's no mistaking this one.
1: Trainer number three road to the three twenty mark. Okay.
3: Okay, Tom. So
1: stand clear, north the number three road. Train about the move. Stand clear, north the number three
0: road. The coaches are being slowly towed through the Wilsdon sheds by electric mules and at each stage something happens in the preparation of the train for its night run. Compartments are cleared out and vacuum cleaned, fresh linen for the sleeping cars, fresh soap and towels and fresh water in the tanks. And already alterations are being made in the make-up of this train as you will hear in the Euston signal cabin where a message comes through about putting on a fish carrying coach.
1: Everything's dock, number 13 to attach to the orange mile.
0: A small banking engine will bring the train down to Euston and keep it warm until the main steam comes on from the locomotive itself. This locomotive is at present at the Camden running sheds and the driver and fireman are booking on for the run. Uh, one, two, five, please, Jim. One,
1: two, two, five.
0: Booking on for the Irish mile. All right.
1: Sure. OK. Two, 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 please, Jim. Thank you.
0: The driver looks at his notices of speed restrictions and any other matters concerning his road, while the fireman finds what engine it is they will take to the Welsh coast tonight. Thank you. Next, in this orderly succession of events, the driver and fireman draw the tools for the engine.
1: A torch. A shovel
0: each separate item is issued and checked as it goes to the engine crew and now 6127 moves out of the shed and is reported to Euston signal cabin.
1: Uh, phone Euston carriage siding uh, signal box, Olive, will you? And tell them where the Irish mail. Righto, Lane. Hello, Bobby. Hello, carriage sidings. Engine of the Irish Mail just passing you, right? Thank you. Fred, engine of the Irish Mail coming down.
0: Right All is now ready for the locomotive to go down the gradient to Euston, where the coaches are waiting. The points are thrown over.
1: Hold the spring point, Ollie. Right on, Come, over. Come on, Lane. Right on. And
0: 6127 moves off. Down she goes to the terminus, something under a mile, below bridges and high walls with higher buildings above them which darken the smiling summer evening and form a smoky canyon. Here she comes, sliding into the platform where the Irish mail is waiting
1: Five-three for holidays. Irish Mail
2: will leave from platform first. Houston, I wonder why all of London railway stations are in such dreary places. We're entering through a big stone arch, high, wide, handsome, and I suppose as black as the gates of hell. Big case. Small case and three and sixpence on the meter.
1: What you for, sir? Uh, Irish mail, please. 8, 845, number 13 platform. Fine. Yes. Not agent, more luggage?
2: No, that's all. Thank all you. Right.
1: See you, <laughs> right. Sleeping, bird. Can you tell me where I can get one? Yes, sir. Go in a large hall on the right hand side and the top part of the counter where all the sleeping reservations are made. Oh, fine, thank
0: you. So there she is, the Irish Mail, Platform Thirteen, the oldest named train in the world. Passengers for the mail and for other trains are passing the ticket checker. Thirteen, please.
1: Okay. Thirteen, gentlemen. Okay.
0: <laughs> the Irish Mail no longer carries the letters for Ireland, but she does, in addition to other things, carry great bundles of papers and magazines which are now being loaded. O'Connell Street, Limerick.
1: Black Street, go away. Bowling Street, Cork. Wood Street, Waterford. Papers,
2: magazines. last sleeper please
4: for Dublin. Oh, oh yes,
2: we'll do as far as Hollyhead on the train, sir. Oh, that, that's fine.
4: Uh, what name is
2: it, please? Oh, pointer, please. And the address? Uh, Sumner Place, Southwest Seven. Thank you. I've already gotten my berth on the boat and just decided to have a sleeper. So oh yes, that's me. good. Uh, that will be twenty-seven shillings, 27 please. Twenty-seven
1: shillings. Um, what time
2: does the train leave from Euston tonight? Eight forty-five tonight. 8.45. And the time that it arrives in Two twenty-five, and the boat sails three twenty-five. Oh, that's fine. Thank you.
1: Thank
0: you.
2: That will be car one... The platform four four. is
0: very crowded Thank with you. holiday Thank makers, you. You. and with other people as well. Railway officials say that when the Irish mail is going out, it often looks as though she couldn't possibly hold everyone on the platform, but a lot of the people are seeing friends off and sending messages home to Ireland. 13, W. Did
1: you get your reservation for sleeping? Oh, yes, I did. Um, car 1, birth 8. Number 13 platform, the front part of the train. Thank you. Side clean for Holly, the Irish mail will leave me that form, sir. number Good evening, sir. Uh, good evening. Can I uh, take the name, please? Yes, certainly. Pointer. Right, sir. Can I take the, the ticket No, the sleeping car ticket? Yes, here it is. Thank you very much. And the train, the, the travelling ticket?
2: Yes, here it is. Thank you
1: very much. Well, what time would you like a call? Um.
2: Well, you know that bridge that we go over, that... um.
1: The tubular bridge? Yes, that's right. That's right. I'd like to be up in time to um go, and, uh, go over that, please. Good enough. And That'll be done with pleasure. And uh, would you like a cup of tea? Yes, please. Good? Yes sir. Um tell me, can I open this? Can I leave this yeah, open? You can here? Leave it. You yes. can open open oh. anything. Oh, fine. That's, that's wonderful. It. Very nice. Thank you very,
0: much. Thank you very much. Good night.
1: Good night.
0: The minute hand of the big electric clock stands at eight forty four a half. The last seconds are ticking away. (laughs) (laughs)
1: 8.45.
0: The gradient out of Euston is severe, and 6127, or, to give her her name, Old Contemptibles, is labouring as she hauls 14 coaches, a total weight of more than 400 tons. Up on the bridge stand the observant boys who watch all trains.
4: 6127, converted Royal Scot, the Irish mail.
0: This gradient will soon ease. And the attendants have already started their night's work looking after the passengers. Would you like something?
1: What have you got? Tea, coffee, or drinks, or tea, uh, cake, sandwiches, biscuits, or hot sausage rolls if you'd like that? Uh, I'll have uh, a scotch and soda. Right, Charles, I'll bring that along to you immediately. 250
0: miles to Hollyhead, and the passengers are settling down as the city slips away past the windows and the country appears in the serene evening light.
2: Well, that looks like the end of London for the time being. The houses are thinned out and the stations are getting less and less frequent. Lying here in the sleeper and watching the country go by is like looking at a travelogue (laughs) with a commentary of my own thoughts. I like these trains. I like the way they're broken up into compartments and sleepers like this. Over here, I guess it's a change to travel with yourself, if you can. You haven't got to make conversation out of politeness, and you haven't got to overhear it either. If I'm going on a vacation to get away from the noise and the crowds over there, then right here is where I relax. Going to Ireland in bed. And I suppose I should be looking out for historical places. Well, they can keep. And anyhow, it'll be dark fairly soon. As dark as it gets at this time of year. Small fields, children waving... Rooks manoeuvring in the air over a church in the trees. I'll be asleep soon if I keep on looking out. And after all, that's what I'm here for. He said he'd call me when we got to that place where the bridge is. I mustn't miss that. He said he would... He said the place was called... The place where the bridge is... That must be some place in Wales. Let's see... He said he'd call me a... He said he'd bring me a cup of tea...
0: The steady beat of the wheels is soothing. In many of the compartments, the lights will soon be dimmed or turned off completely. Night comes on while the Irish mail races across England and follows an ancient way. For while the rails on which it runs were still o'er in the hills, unmined and undisturbed, while the road metal chips were still part of the solid rock, this was a road. This was a primitive track across the country that was tamed and disciplined into a straight Roman road running from Londinium to Deva, where the 20th Legion was once quartered. It was a road with protective camps and patrolling soldiery, with the villas of the wealthy strung out along it, furnace and hippocosts doing their best to make the harsh climate bearable by the occupying Romans. It became Watling Street, a spearhead pointed to the west a duct to bring the west to London. This is the road with which the Irish mail runs parallel, crosses and recrosses, meets and briefly parts from to meet again. This was a road while the engine's fuel slept in the deep night of the coal beds. 252 miles to hollyhead and we've passed king's langley where lay until the 16th century the body of piers gaveston favorite of edward ii and lamented by him in the marlowe play by
4: earth the common mother of us all by heaven and all the moving orbs thereof by this right hand and by my father's sword and all the honors longing to my crown I will have heads and lives for him as many as I have manors, castles, towns, and towers. Treacherous Warwick! Traitorous Mortimer! If I be England's king in lakes of gore, your headless trunks, your bodies will I trail, that you may drink your fill and quaff in blood and stain my royal standard with the same so that my bloody colors may suggest remembrance of revenge immortally on your accursed traitorous progeny, your villains that have slain my Gaveston.
0: The of the wheels brings us back to the present day, and outside now is another road. This is the inland navigation, a canal which runs with us nearly all the way to Chester, though each section changes its name. Up and down, the narrow boats slide on their commercial errands. They are beautifully shaped and gaily painted, not only about the deck, but below in the cabin, and are more graceful than our Irish barges, as they lie snugly in the narrow English locks. But these craft never have to face weather more savage than that of the calm canals, while our boats must venture on the lakes of the Shannon, whose low shores expose them to the full force of the wind. So the train flashes past an English narrowboat, tied up for the night, with its nomad family sleeping below and the cargo snug under the tarpaulin. Memorial to the enterprise of the canal building Duke of Bridgewater and his genius of an engineer, Brindley. against the last of the light we can see steel lattice masts topped by warning red beacons from these masts at Deventry, entertainment is going all over the country and beyond it and soon we will pass close below a forest of aerials an amazingly intricate pattern of wires could we see it but these masts are not concerned with entertainment They are busy with the commercial traffic of the world, for this is rugby radio, handling messages from ships, telephone conversations, news of births and marriages, life and death, and a fluctuation on the Brazilian coffee exchange.
4: In Euston, it was announced that the Irish mail was running in two parts. And we're in the non-stop section, which slows slightly to pass through the quarter-mile-long station at Rugby. Rugby. A great school, a great book, and three great men. The first is Dr. Arnold, headmaster of Rugby, who appears in the book Tom Brown's School Days. He lies in the school chapel and is commemorated by the second great man, his son, Matthew
3: Arnold. Coldly, sadly, descends the autumn evening. The field, strewn with its dark yellow drifts of withered leaves, and the elms fade into dimness apace, silent. Hardly a shout from a few boys late at their play. The lights come on on the street, in the schoolroom windows, but cold, solemn, unlighted austere, through the gathering darkness arise the chapel walls, in whose bound thou, my father, art laid. And the third great man
4: is one who started something greater, maybe, than the school of the Arnolds, father and son, a man from Tipperary, who acted on the spur of the moment and who is
0: commemorated by a tablet bearing these words. This stone commemorates the exploit of William Wedd Ellis, who, with a fine disregard for the rules of football as played in his time, first took the ball in his arms and ran with it, thus originating the distinctive feature of the rugby game, A.D. 1823.
4: Nuneaton, Litchfield, Rougeley, The sound of the road, the echo of the passing train, and the signals all tell the driver where the Irish mail is. Stafford, Standon Bridge, and after Standon Bridge, a placid little river of great interest, the Meese, where Isaac Walton, with angle and float and rustic bait, fished and discoursed with his friends, Vietor and Auseps and Venator,
3: Oh, sir, doubt not, but that angling is an art. Is it not an art to deceive a trout with an artful fly? A trout that is more sharp-sighted than any hawks you have named, and more watchful and timorous than your high metred merlin is bold. And yet I do not doubt to catch a brace or two tomorrow for a friend's breakfast. Doubt not, therefore, sir, but that angling is an art, and an art worth learning. The question is rather whether you are capable of learning it. For angling is somewhat like poetry. Men are to be born so, I mean with inclination to it, though both may be heightened by discourses and practices. But he that hopes to be a good angler must not only bring an inquiring, searching observant, but he must also bring a large measure of hope and patience and a love and propensity to the art itself. But having once got it and pondered it, then doubt not, but that angling will prove to be so pleasant that it will prove to have, like poetry, a relish to itself.
0: And the Irish mail races along to Chester through the great junction of Crewe, after which we will curve away into the fastnesses of Wales and leave Watling Street, the way built on the Roman road, and one of the ways to the west and to Ireland. Shakespeare knew that road, and Essex, spurring back from Ireland, to cast himself on the mercy of his royal mistress and to receive his death warrant, and Dr Johnson, travelling from Richfield to London, and Dean Swift, returning to Dublin from Anne's Court, sick at heart. All English history is in that road, and much of Irish history, too. And Irish history has been written on the iron road we travel. Momentous words have been spoken to the rhythm of the wheels. Millions of letters have been carried along it. The simple letters about next to nothing, and letters of the highest importance. Letters menacing lives. Letters dictating a new turn in Ireland's story. Letters from the Lord Lieutenant and for Dublin Castle. Letters on post office business for Mr. Trollope. Letters from absentee landlords demanding more money from their estates. Letters from Mr. and Mrs. S.C. Hall cautiously and hopefully ordering clean beds and hotels in the remote parts into which their Irish researchers were going to lead them. Letters from the wars, all flying westwards in the Irish mail. And the passengers. The people who have looked
4: out over the racing landscape and allow the rhythm of the road to beat into their thoughts and to form idiot accompaniments to endlessly repeated phrases. The people who roamed about the corridors. Men from London with warrants in their pockets. Football teams, defeated or jubilant. Members of the Irish party exulting after a long session of the House of Commons are worried over some new development. Parnell, hurrying home for his final desperate campaign. Hunted men and film directors, tourists and concert artists, entire theatrical companies travelling in the Irish mail, watercolourists innocently set on Connemara, sportsmen with setters in the van, children coming home for the holidays, and Mr Marwood, the
0: executioner. These have hurtled through the roaring cuttings, have flashed under the bridges, these have rubbed the steam off windows and peered out at a frosty night in an iron land. The train has rung with choruses from Euston to Hollyhead. The hearts of pilgrims have sung with prayer. Success or failure has waited at the end of the journey, ruin and reward. Murder mysteries, breviaries, biographies, and histories have been read to the rhythm of the road. The financial pages have been set aside in despair. Letters have been dictated and dreams have visited those who slept as the Irish mail travelled to the west coast.
3: Now we have passed Chester and the river Dee is sparkling beside us in the moonlight and soon we see the shallow treacherous Dee estuary where poor Mary, driving her cattle, was overtaken by the racing tide.
4: They rowed her in across the rolling foam, the cruel crawling foam, the cruel hungry foam, to her grave beside the sea. But still the boatmen hear her call the cattle home, across the sands of Dee.
0: Chester and the Dee were once the ports for Ireland, ports of long waiting as well as ports of sailing, for the wind was often contrary. Here in 1741 waited a musician. He was going to present his greatest work at a subscription concert for the support of Mercer's Hospital in Dublin, then an institution for the relief of ailing debtors, and the musician, George Frederick Handel, had himself been a debtor. Here, with some of his London soloists, he awaited for the weather to change and gathered a small local chorus to try the sound of the work which he completed in Chester.
1: Oh, we like sheep, have gone astray oh, No, 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 what the devil do you do? Yes, you're all acting like sheep because you will not follow my beat. It is so. Please, you tenor gentlemen, come back to the sheep field, please. Uh, We're not accustomed to it yet, Doctor. All music strains to us. (laughs) Aye, it is not us who will sing it in Dublin. Nor I neither, but I dare swear the sea will swallow us all. (laughs) 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 Now, come, once again, remember the words you are singing. The music is for them. Three, four. We like sheep.
4: Now we're in Wales, skirting the sea past Bangor and on to that place where, for so long the line ended, and passengers were ferried across to Anglesey, and so on to Hollyhead, the Britannia Tubula Bridge, the place our American traveller wished to see.
2: that porters called me all right in time for the bridge, and they must have quite a bit to remember those Pullman attendants. Well it's not really light enough to see anything, but I seem to have known this bridge all my life. Two tubes, three towers, and two abutments. I know all about it because we have an engraving of it back home. My mother's mother was Welsh. And even if I don't see the bridge itself, I want to be able to realize that I'm being carried over inside something I've known all my life, or known of. The picture isn't a dramatic picture, an interpretation of the meaning of the bridge. It's just a beautiful steel engraving showing the twin tubes from the mainland to Anglesley, and the marble towers and the stone lions guarding the entrance to this road thrown across the Menai Straits, where previously the traveller crossed by ferry boat. Everything about the bridge is printed below the engraving, and I know it by heart, even without ever having seemed to have learned it. It was built by Stevenson, the great engineer, Robert Stevenson, that is, son of George. It was and still is a tremendous achievement to have thrown this bridge from shore to shore. 12,000 tons supported above the rushing tide. A few days ago, I walked round to look at the house in London where Stevenson lived, 34 Gloucester Square. Even he, with all his experience and his checks and his counterchecks, records that he wasn't confident of success.
0: The tubes filled my head. In the grey of the morning, when I looked out across the square, it seemed an immense distance to the house on the opposite side, yet it was merely the same span as my tubular bridge.
2: All this is set out below the picture, and above it, the whole achievement is displayed in firm line and minute detail. I like to think of Stevenson shaving near the window in his house, probably in a round mirror framed in mahogany and putting down his old-fashioned open razor and looking across the square to the houses on the far side, throwing his bridge across in imagination and worrying. And what he worried about a hundred and fifty years ago lies ahead of me at this very minute. Five hours back in America, yes, it's evening time at home now even though it's coming to morning, there. My people are sitting below it and they don't even know that at this very moment I'm passing between the guardian lions and entering the picture.
0: At Hollyhead, the lights of the mail boats are reflected in the quiet water of the dark harbour. The early passengers are on board and asleep hours ago. The crew is moving about the familiar routine and porters are gathering on the platforms.
1: The next to arrive on our platform
3: be
0: the Irish Mail London. The Irish Mail has raced across the last 20 miles of its journey from London, across the island of Anglesey. The driver moves his regulator back, passengers are up and stirring about, and she slips into the platform, 255 and a half miles. Irish mail has arrived in Hollyhead, as impressive in its quietness as it was impressive in the bustle of its departure. It's a sleepy train, and many of the passengers will settle down again for the few remaining hours as soon as they board the mailboat. It is still night for them, but it is daytime for the stewards who are busy about the cabins, in the bars, in the saloon, and in the cafeteria in the third class.
1: Your attention, please, in the third class. This Chips, Eggs, please. That is,
0: uh, homemade fish. A small meal is often welcome at this hour of the morning and since the war, this habit of eating out of the usual hours as well as at them has become a feature of English life. More than 400 meals have been served in a single voyage in the cafeteria alone each passenger taking a tray and joining the line, passing the long service counter. One
1: tea.
0: Other passengers are taking up cabin reservations at the bureau.
1: Good evening. Good morning, sir. Take Mr. Pointer.
2: Oh, yes, here it is. Thank you. Uh, C-24. C-24. On this deck to the left. C twenty four,
1: steward,
2: please. Thank you. The baggage room is over On there,
0: the left, Mr. Pointer. Thank, thank you. Gentlemen. Good morning. C twenty four, please. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, where's
2: your luggage, sir? Uh, over here, the the case and the small bag. Oh, that's it. Right, Come this way, please. Oh, this is your cabin, sir. Oh, fine. Thank you. What time would you like calling in the morning, sir? Um, well, would you give me a call about half past six, please? Half past six, certainly, yes. sir. Uh, what time do we get in? Roughly about quarter to seven. I see. Would you
3: care for anything
2: before you get up in the morning? Would you like oh. a cup of tea or? Oh yes, yes, a cup of tea or would be would wonderful. you care for breakfast after? Later yes, on? yes, I'll have breakfast
1: later on. <laughs> <laughs> Attention, please. All persons on board not travelling, please go ashore at once, as the gangways are about to be hauled out. All persons on board
0: not travelling. The mail boat leaves Hollyhead Harbour stern first, as the expanse of water narrows so much at the railway station end where the vessel's berth, that it is not possible to swing the ship there. When the mail boat is going astern down the harbor the pilotage is transferred from the main bridge to another bridge aft and a special rudder built into the bows is with the twin screws used for steering the ship is now about to leave
1: All the starboard
0: Helm orders are now being given and you will hear a voice directing the stabilizers to be put out. Huge underwater fins that minimize rolling in these vessels. Will you put the power on the stabilizers, please? Thank you. Going down the harbor is a tricky business, especially at low water. And the depth is constantly reported to the bridge.
1: Downway four nineteen. thirty nine forty seven.
0: When the mail boat reaches a position in which she can swing round and go ahead you will hear the command pin down and this means that the bow rudder is to be locked in place this is followed by change bridges since the vessel is now going ahead in the normal way and the after bridge is no longer used
1: well, Mr. but I i Change bridges.
3: faces out for Dunlera through the mild summer dawn, and the eastern horizon, which has scarcely grown dark, glows as the sun rises, overtaking the ship and turning its weight to silver.
5: So that's Ireland. Something I've known about all my life, and yet, without ever confirming that it existed. Something like the North Pole, of the force of gravity, and there it is now. Something to take the sleep out of my eyes, and yet, there's no great impact about it. It's just come up out of the sea, smiling and, and innocent. It's not what I expected, and yet, what did I expect? That must be the Bay of Naples view that people talk about. It's like it, too, with the suggestion of villas and gardens. I suppose I thought everything would be green, but it's grey and yet it's coloured, like a pigeon's breast. And it still seems withdrawn in the remains of night. There's a little haze over everything. It's going to be hot today. The only definite outline is the curve of the hills and the strong stone arms of the harbour reaching out. Yes, it's going to be hot today. The sun behind me is making the windows shine like distant waters the windows of houses that that are still half-asleep, like me, I guess. But there's a new day starting in those houses. That's the thing about approaching a foreign country. It's not just a show specially put on for one. To a certain extent, it may be that. But it's also a continuing life. It's been there for centuries and, and will be there after one's gone away. If anything, the visitor is the show that's being put on. While the visitor is observing, he is also the observed. Little yachts, big ones too, the harbor's full of yachts. The sun shining on their varnish and, and some of them rock on the green water at their moorings as we pass. Bells from the shore. Well, in a few moments now, I suppose there'll be the formalities that one meets in any port, And after that, the planning, the looking for information, the traveling, the meeting with friends. And then, behind those hills, what? History, tradition, scenery, and new people. every country has that. What's so special about Ireland? What's the special thing? What is Ireland?